Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another podcast of Reconciling Grace. This is a podcast where we discuss topics and passages related to the Bible. My name is Pete Vecchi. I am Associate Pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. I'm joined tonight by Don McDonald, Pastor Mack um, from Danforth Reformed Church, Danforth, Illinois, and by Josh Kugel, who's the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. And today we're going to be talking about the question, is spiritual awakening beginning in America? Now, we have a couple of different ways that we can uh, go about this, but one of the things that I thought I would uh, start off, guys, by sharing is that I am not all that far away geographically, probably within about two, two to three hours away from Asbury Theological Seminary, where in the last, oh, several weeks now, as we record this, we're actually recording this in early March, and this started off in uh, February, I believe it was February, where they had, um, they said, hey, revival is starting in, in uh, Asbury Theological Seminary. They had a chapel service that was ready to start on a weekday, and it just kind of never quit for weeks at a time. Um, it has spread to different campuses. It has, um, I have seen people go from even areas here in Ohio. I live in Xenia, Ohio. Uh, we are only about, uh, here in Xenia, about maybe 15 to 20 minutes away from Cedarville University. Um, and I've heard about students from Cedarville going down to Asbury and coming back and things started, um, kind of picking up spiritually at Cedarville University. I've heard about it happening at um, at Circleville, uh, at Circleville, where there's another Christian college there. Circleville's maybe another hour away from me to the east. And uh, things have just been picking up spiritually as far as kind of a wave of revival seems to be hitting. At least that's what some people are calling it. Other people are maybe a little bit more skeptical. I've seen some really interesting reports from it. I've heard of pastors who I know who have been down there, and they just are describing it in such a way where it seems to be something authentic. Um, and I'm, I'm not here to be skeptical. I'm not here to say, hey, it's a great revival. I'm just here to say I haven't personally been there. I don't know if any of us have personally been there. But I have heard from people who have been there, and they say that it's something real, something happening. And I want to be very, very clear from the beginning. I sure hope that God is making a big move in this nation, because we sure could use something like that. Um, what do you guys think about this whole thing? I don't know. I was um, just, it, it's interesting in the light of, the discussion that is taking place across main media news of a recognition 
of the movement of God. And I, I was watching one of the news platforms and they were interviewing the communication director of Ashbury College. And she made it real clear that it wasn't a revival, but the result of an outpouring of God's love and the reality of how the students needed that love and wanted that love. And they found themselves confessing their sins and they found themselves, as it were, awakening to the need for God's presence. And because of social media, it rippled out, which all of a sudden others wanted to join in that process too. So there, there seems to be, I think, a hunger in America for some type of spirituality that's starting to take place. I know I've been praying for revival for about three to five years that, that it would come, that there would be, as it were, a reckoning of self to God, that your brokenness can be healed and redeemed. And then you can declare that, you know, to those around you here in America. So there, there seems to be, I think, a spiritual hunger that is starting to, I, I'm going to just say ripple. It's not huge yet, but the writings I've been reading about revivals in America, there was one I read where it said, you know, sometimes it begins with a rock being thrown in the center of the pond and it just starts rippling out. They don't know if this Ashbury College experience will begin a revival, but there sure seems to be some rippling of that. You know, when we look at uh, Mayor Adams doing a prayer breakfast, basically saying, hey, listen, we need to get prayer back in the schools and we need to start giving our students more of a positive experience in schools. Um, and ironically, where do you begin with is he, he made it real clear. He's a man of faith that maybe it's time that we start thinking about prayers in school and the acknowledgement of the presence of God in their lives. So and for those who may not know Mayor Adams, we're not talking about mayor of, um, you know, Xenia. We're talking about mayor of New York City. City, yeah, you know. So I don't know. That was some my, you know, thinking on it a little bit. Um, Josh, what about you? Well, I don't really have an opinion on this. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we were laughing about that earlier. Hey, look, what bugs me about this talk of revival is, well, there's a couple things. First is how critical Christians got about any talk of anything going on that resembled a revival. The second thing is, I worry that we're all waiting around saying, God, would you do something? God, would you revive us? God, would you? And I'm drawn back to Second Chronicles, um, the dedication of the temple. Solomon says, I, I think in some part of this, he says, you know, how could what we build ever contain you? Um, and God, like, says, and, and he says, uh, uh, then, like, um, at times things will be bad. At times you'll go away from me. But then he says in, in verse 14, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, then if my people who are called by my name, and then he doesn't say, wait around for a big movement because I may move. I may do something. Um, all you got to do is wait. He actually puts the, uh, the, the, the weight on the people who want to see God move, to humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and what's the next one? Turn from their wicked ways. 
I think revival, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to define it. A lot of people pointed out that revival is not a biblical term or anything like that. The Bible does talk about reviving and all this other stuff. But I think revival hinges on uh, America finally waking up and saying, you know what? We are far from God. My God, how have we gotten to this place to strip in, in, in sackcloth and ashes and, and really recognize who we've become and say, God, we're sorry. Would you... Uh, uh, come back into our lives? Would you take center of our country? And then I think at any time that a significant amount of people are willing to do that, I think we will see a movement of God. Um, what happened at Asbury? I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with that. It's kind of, Asbury's not a charismatic school, but it's kind of in that strand of things where they've had revivals before. Um, the one thing I want to say right at first is um, I don't know if you guys know how all this started. It was a Tuesday or Wednesday chapel. They were singing. They had a message and then everybody dismissed. But like 20 or 30 students stayed around is what I understand. They kept singing, kept singing about seven o'clock that night or six o'clock that night. All the people all over campus heard that there were still students worshiping there. And like within a few minutes or how, and, and then this is close to how it happened. It was packed again. And then it just kept going and kept going. All I know is um if the kids in my church, if the college students and teenagers in my church decided to stay after church to sing worship songs to Jesus, there is no way I would ever think of going to the Internet or going to them and saying, you know what, this isn't a revival, guys. I mean, how embarrassed should the rest of the church be by criticizing this? But, yeah, it comes down to is this a revival or not? And I do think the fruit is in and not just the fruit. I think it's in the heart. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, seek my face, all this stuff. The other thing I just want to say, and I'll, I'll make this quick because I've been talking for a little while. I think people are finally sick of the country being thrown into hell at a faster rate every single day. And maybe they're finally waking up and saying, oh, my goodness, what have we done? And maybe that's why we're starting to see hints of what we're calling a revival is because enough people are starting to wake up and saying, you know what? Men can't be women. I'm not going to tell my kids that. And that's just the one social thing, but maybe we're all starting, not all, but maybe a, a significant enough is starting to connect the dots saying, okay, we're doing this and this is stupid. And I can't believe we're doing this. And this is awful. And this is sinful. And this is demonic. Maybe we can trace this back to kicking God out of our lives and out of our nation. And God's up there saying, hey, I told you before, <laughs> I'm telling you now, um, if you come back to me, if you repent of your wicked ways, if you humble yourselves, if you seek my face, um, I'll hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sins. And you'll you'll hear and have an outpouring of, of my stuff. So, all right. Well, I like what you're saying, because I, I really like that verse. That's kind of where I was <clears throat> wanting to go to as well. Um but 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 let's dig into that verse just a little bit. I I don't disagree with a lot of the things with basically with anything you're saying, Josh. Um, but but I sometimes wonder if we need to really hone in on that verse and start out with who is it referring to? If my yeah. people. So in other words, it's starting with God's people. In, in this case, if we're talking that it's starting at Asbury, or maybe it has started other places, but Asbury just kind of, you know, was the, I don't know, the, the place where, where suddenly it was seen, whatever it is. But I think it's if, if my people, 
They're the ones. Let me... We, in fact, when I pray this prayer, I actually pray it. Let those ones of us who are your people humble ourselves. I, I, I would you just point saying? out, you know what a you know what a rhino is to a Republican, yeah. Republican in name only. I think yeah. this is talking about when the people of God in name, Israel, mm -hmm. the, the Jews, the people of God left service of God. Sure. And so, and so I, I think at least maybe what this is saying is my people, the Jews who are far from me, worshiping other, I worshiping other gods, sacrificing their kids and all this kind of stuff will repent of those ways and come back to me. I'm not right. sure because I know the Jews or, or, or his people become the church in the new Testament. I, no, I understand. I'm not sure if we should read people initiated even though maybe it is well that's um, what i'm saying is i think that i think what you're you're right on 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 track there josh because at that time as you said in the in the introduction of this what was solomon talking about we were talking about here he was talking about the dedication of the temple and this is where that came from so this was definitely having to do with the jewish people at that time at the same time now we are in in new testament days and God's people are the ones who we would call Christians. And so that's why I say, I think that it, it definitely was something that was spoken in the Old Testament to the Jews. But today, a Christian is part of God's church. And again, that makes us God's people. So I think that this kind of translates over into New Testament times, making it a, not an either or, but a kind of a both and. Um, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. It's starting with God's people. I, I would love it that the Jews were, were, were part of this, you know, I would love to see that happen. I'd love to see the Jewish people, um, start no, 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 to... no. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm saying that they were Jews in names only in name only. They were not living as God's people. And I'm saying okay. now it would be sinners. Right. So but I think it's that, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, yeah. Christians in name only is kind of what you're getting at then, because there are a lot of people well, who profess Christ. But you know, I, I was seeing one of the one of the um, one of the passages of scripture is that in the in the last days there'll be those who have a form of godliness but deny its power, and that's mm -hmm. kind of where I see a lot of people who will who will tend to say, "Sure, I believe in Jesus," but do they really believe that that God is truly? god god is truly directing the affairs of human beings so yeah i don't know I, we, we've been kind of stepping on each other here john uh, josh as far as the no, communications. i'm sorry but i didn't mean to you're do good. it that way you're good um so what do we think about this asbury revival don just has this look of wonderment on his face i'm trying to wonder what's going on in his mind right now I, I, have you guys been, have you guys ever been in a church service that was different than another church service that something was happening that you felt was different than another church service that was not due to the people there I'm not sure if what you mean by not due to the people there but you well, mean, we have it was that God was it somehow God was somehow differently uh, interacting. God was somehow differently making Himself available than normal. Yeah, I, I know. And I'll answer. I'll answer. Yes, I know. Me. When I was at Mount Greenwood, they did what was called spiritual spiritual renewal. It was there was another name to it, but it's not coming to me. And 
the essence of it all boiled down to are you aware that the Holy Spirit can move, has moved, and will move? And in that service, you just felt like there was something really special taking place where people began to realize that the only ones that were limiting the movement of God were themselves and that they were, you know, they were squelching the movement of the Holy Spirit. And, and I think that's the thing that, you know, when, when I'm listening to the pulse beat right now of America, the, the thing that is catching my attention is the reality that we're actually talking about spirituality in America again, which we haven't done for a long time. I mean, we've been dealing with COVID. We've been, you know, we're dealing with economic times. We're dealing with war in Ukraine where there's so I think it's, it's we're nearing the bottom of a hole. <laughs> yeah, and and you to be honest, Josh, that ain't bad. No. Even no. though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh-huh. Your rod is there, your rod, your staff, they comfort me, you know, and, and I think, you know, when, when, when I was sort of reflecting on some of the reality of spirituality, excuse the rhyming, um, there's, there's that thought, I, I kept going to Psalm 51, you know, and, and David has, you know, has grievously sinned before God and he ends up getting on his knees and, you know, he's struggling with God. And here's a man after God's own heart. And, you know, I'm looking at verses three and four, where it says, for I know my transgression, my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desire faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. And there's that sense of David saying how broken he is from the very point of conception, and yet God is there. And I think when I'm looking over, you know, we we take the Chronicles text in this one, we do that dance, you know, if my people, the ones who see their brokenness, be it whatever, you know, you ID that my people, ultimately it's about we're broken and we need you, Lord. And and my question, you know, when we were talking off before we did this podcast is, you know, are we beginning to finally say, let's get beyond these denominational splittings? Let's get beyond the, the, you know, all the affluency and really start saying, hey, you know what? There's something greater out here that we need, and that is God anchored in Jesus Christ, driven by the Holy Spirit. Is that spirituality there, or are we as a church limiting, limiting it too much? I don't know. That That's sort of where I was leaning in when I was thinking about this podcast today. You think um, if God was doing something that, that we would squelch it pretty good? <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah, that's a it's a great question. I mean, honestly, I as I say, I, I'm probably two to three hours away from Asbury, where I live, and I, I really didn't have any opportunity to go down there when this is all. And by the way, um, as we speak tonight, um, it's been about a week or so ago where they basically said we're not going to let other people come in anymore because they just didn't have the room. They didn't have the 
the facilities to keep doing that. But um, my thought was, gosh, I'd hate to go there because I'd hate for the revival to stop. You know, because <laughs> uh, I, I I can tend to get analytical about things. I'd start saying, "Wow, revival is happening." Okay, so what's causing it? What are they doing? You know, and, I, and that's somewhat like me. But at the same time, you asked that question, Josh. If 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 we had been in a service before where something was different, and I, I could say several times, like probably less than five in my life, that I have been in those kind of situations in a service. Um, and interestingly enough, I was in one just this past Sunday and the, the worship leaders from the church had been at, um, I don't know if they'd been at Asbury or at one of the colleges that I mentioned earlier, where it seemed to be spilling over and got to the point where we just started praying in the service after worshiping songs and had more prayer and and then they had more prayer and then they sang some more. They had more prayer. The pastor didn't even do the sermon he was ready to preach. He just said, "Hey, let's just keep praying. Let's let the spirit move." And and people were there and praying and and just really, we we could sense that there was a, a move of God going on. Now it wasn't like, you know, how do I say? It wasn't as though nobody could leave. I mean, the, the service went about the normal amount of time, but still it was a different type of service where things didn't go as planned, but we knew that God had been there with us. I, I wonder if this fascination with revivals. Now, we don't have any evidence of this except for Pentecost in scripture. I don't think. Um. We do have it in church history starting at when 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 does all this start? 1800s, 1600s. Um so part of me sees a church that is consumer driven, that is wow driven, we're mega church driven, all this stuff we like to and we're also we've made Christianity so simple and casual that wouldn't it be neat if we're looking out and we're scared at the world if God just comes and fixes everything for us? Do you guys know Christianity to be like that? <laughs> I mean, to, to me, Christianity is recognize your brokenness, rely on God, and let's change together. Not, hey, guys, let's go to a church service and everything will magically be better. Um, so I, I kind of, I know we're attracted to this. Um, I love that they did this. Um, I, I don't second guess that it was real. I don't second guess that it's amazing, whether it's the beginning of a big movement. I, worship services, maybe. But I think more indicative, indicative of this would be seeing people changing their lives all around me and the churches being full on Sunday morning. If church attendance went up 10% in the next six months, I, I would feel comfortable saying something's starting. Um, if people have longer worship services uh, at a few places in the country that, you know, makes the news and, and, and gets noticed, I mean, that's great. I, I love that. I want to support that. I don't want to question it. But I, I don't see anything in scripture where it just says, hey, if things get bad enough, God's going to come and fix it. Just you... Uh, <laughs> Just you wait right there. Um, it's always like, I mean, let me tell you about, I, I went with a pastor to do prison ministry for a couple of years. I love doing it. 
and it was a, a very it was a field ripe for the harvest. Um, you'd see a lot of prisoners that were ready to make some great decisions. Um, one of the things that you got hit with is many of them that would make that decision would be back in their old life quickly. My pastor was frustrated with that. We would talk about this. And he finally, one week, he went in there and he said, uh, I want, I want, there are 35 guys in there. We, we went in different pods and sometimes I was with him. And he said, um, um, one of, you guys are wanting to accept Jesus Christ. I, I want you to raise your hand and come forward. Um, one of those come forward. They come forward. He says, all right, I want to see how ready you are for this. I want you to get on the ground. And, um, and I don't know if this is weird. It may sound a little different. They all get on the ground. He says, get lower. He says, get all the way on the ground, face planted against the concrete. Get lower. If you're ready to accept Jesus Christ, turn your life over to him and do something new. And, and they all did it. And he said, God, what we're doing physically is what I want to represent spiritually. Would you bring them so low that they have nowhere else to turn but to Jesus Christ? And, and, and he understood what we like to do with Christianity is we like to kind of treat it as another thing we do. We don't want it to interfere with stuff. We want to go to worship service and think we're getting all this great stuff and kind of go home and go to the movies again or something like that. Um, and he's saying, and Jesus said, look, unless you hate your brother and sister, what are your parents? Um, you you got to love me more than anything. You you got to turn from sin and, and follow me. You got to be willing to throw every... We represent that in baptism, that I'm leaving my old life and starting Jesus. And and I just wonder if sometimes we're so attracted to easy that we we long for stuff like this or big or big shows, big concerts. Man, I went and I felt God moving. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm worried that we're looking for something that God's already given us the formula for and we're looking for it in a big way that god's already given us personally the formula for and that's who we need to be concerned about and we're so ready to say whoa, whoa, whoa maybe something big is happening that'll change everything that i should have been changing myself over the last 10 years that i've been a christian uh, i i guess you know josh i i hear your heart of I guess I'll I'll go with the words bells and buzzers of you know of Christianity is is the bells and buzzers more important than the Christianity you know I get that but I also know that you know God works in ways we don't always understand and I sure don't want to be in the way of the movement of God either if if that makes sense um so it's I, I like the way that Ashbury College, the communication director, put it. She said, you know, this is an outpouring of God's love. Is it revival? She says, we don't know until we see the results. And I think really that's what you're saying, Josh, you know, until we see the results. And, you know, I think each one of us as Christians need to take into perspective our responsibility in revival i'm right there with you josh you know that each one of us are responsible for saying where am i with god how broken am i like like david in psalm 51 that text i read you know and how hungry i need to be in in such a way that i am changed forever because of christ and now 
because of that outpouring of God's love, I want other people to know the same. You know, it'd be so cool if my church didn't have to worry about who's the next minister because we don't have enough ministers. You know, if we were in revival, imagine the outpouring of, you know, I could retire happily. Now my Joshua has come um, because of this great revival. Um, that That's something that, um, you know, Pete, you made the comment when COVID started that I found myself on my knees praying for all the different faith expressions that were on Facebook Live the Sunday after churches were closed. Because we were forced to actually take our church services online to proclaim Jesus. Pre-COVID, that would have never happened. Mm -hmm. Well, God uses these things, yeah. And and I think I think what you're both saying and what I agree with is that, and I, and I think we, we did this when we talked about the title of this, is spiritual awakening and the keyword beginning in America. Because I, I think, Josh, everything you said is right. You know, it's not just about services. It's not just about... Um, you know, whatever. I think we're talking about, is it changing lives or lives changing? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with timing. You know, I'm one of these guys who I get fascinated by time as far as how much time has elapsed, things like that. Do you realize that, um, let's see, we're, we're in the year um, 2023, so that when the the 911 stuff happened there is nobody who is in any school college age i mean unless you're a graduate student college age or younger who has who was even around when that kind of stuff happened they don't have the the background to know that history and what i'm thinking about is how has church changed in the last 23 years how has church changed in the last 12 years, 15 years, you know, whatever it's been. How has church changed in the last three years with COVID? A lot of these people, and this is what I found amazing, is why a college campus? You realize that most of these people in this college campus have no memory of a president before Barack Obama. Now, that means... I'm not saying anything negative about him or positive about him. I'm just saying they don't know what this country was like before that. Maybe they don't know what church used to be like. Um, maybe this is something brand new for them. And maybe God is going to use this outpouring of whatever is happening, outpouring of his Holy Spirit, whatever we want to um, call it, because this is a new thing for these people. One of the things that I realized... Back in, in the books of, um, I believe it was Deuteronomy, and um, I know it was Deuteronomy. Remember where, where Moses got in trouble with God because he struck the rock with the, with the, with the staff and water came pouring out. Well, mm -hmm. what happened in a previous generation was God told Moses to go strike your your staff against this rock it was the same rock by the way and water will be coming out one of my thoughts was you know what so these people who are now adults in the second time 
had heard this story all along. They were again out of water. Okay, so I suppose now that Moses is going to go and hit the rock with his stick and water is going to be coming out. You know what? I think God wanted him to not hit the rock. He wanted him to speak to the rock so that he would be able to do something a little bit different way so these people would have their own experience. And that's what I'm wondering if that's what's happening here at Asbury or this thing, because this is happening on college campuses. Maybe these, maybe this generation is starting to have its own actual experience of God, not just an inheritance, but an experience of God. And that's kind of why I'm hoping this is going, is that this is that I'm hoping this is the beginning of a revival in America, a revival or a spiritual awakening in America. And that maybe it will actually spread to those of us who are a little bit older uh, generationally. I don't know. I, I started preaching there. I didn't I didn't want to preach, but you know, that's Pete, how I am. Pete, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm not perfect, but I am I think God's moving in my life constantly. If something spreads to me that's emotional, I'm I'm not super excited about that. I'd I'd rather be at a place where I continue growing in my faith. And I I don't know. We'll see. Why did it happen in a college? I think that's a good question. I think it's because they wanted it. Yep. I think I go to church every Sunday. We have a good church. We we do a lot. We, I mean, you know, half the people sing. We got three songs. You know, it's not a it's not a criticism to our people. We just we go to church, and I think that's what church is supposed to be. It's routine every week. You're supposed to do it and then leave and go live your life for Jesus. And then you come back and, um, you know, nobody comes there thinking, hey, let's sing more. Let's do different. Let's, you know, and I think people just, I don't know if they were desperate. I don't know if they're frustrated with their generation because there's a lot to be frustrated with the Zoomers about or whatever gener generation Z. I don't know if they're desperate for an experience. I don't know if they're desperate for Jesus. I don't know if they... One started singing and the other, but I mean, if we want the emotion, I think the emotion's there. Um, I think, I, but I don't think this is just emotional. Um, but I, I do think going beyond saying this is something that I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated by it because I love it. I want to support it. I think it's great. Um, but I think God is saying, hey, church, do the work, get your lives right, be part of a worshiping community. I may not give you an experience like that, but I'll revive you every day of your life for the rest of your life until you go to heaven. And uh, whether you get it at some, you know, thing that people come from all around or not is, is really not. I think I think God's saying, "Hey, Josh, do the work." Mm -hmm. well, my people God, are called by my name. Yeah. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins. So, I think God can use this as an impetus for some of these people. And I'm not saying that's going to happen at every single church. You know, it's not going to be that every single church around the country is going to have you know three week long worship services or whatever, but. Don, like you talked about at the beginning about that ripple effect, you know, maybe this is going to be something that's going to happen where it's going to get people to 
the point where you talked about Josh, where where we're where we're giving ourselves over to God and really doing what what He wants us to do and getting getting serious about it. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that that's what it is. You know, again, and I don't want to sound like I'm putting a damper on anything either. I don't think any of us is. I don't know that any uh -huh. of us knows for sure what will happen with this, but overall, I think it's a good thing and it's a positive thing. And if we will let God move, I think that's the main thing. We need to let God move and uh -huh. and do as he will. So um, I don't know, Don, do you have any other thoughts on this? You're kind of shaking, you're nodding your head. and I, I guess in, in my thinking, because I, I hear the struggle of Josh and his voice. And since we do this on video, you, you can see the, the downtrodden Josh Kugel look. Uh, yeah. there, there, there's a part of me, though, that is excited that the joy of the Lord is rippling a little bit. And, and is there something out there that the church needs to wake up to and see? You know, and, and you know, I... In, in my years of ministry, you know, start my 29th year here in May. I mean, we, we have somebody new in the life of the church who hasn't been in church like 15 years, 10 years. And, it, you know, she's beautifully waking up and even put a testimony out on Facebook about, you know, this great little church here in Danforth. And, you know, I'm excited that we get to work with someone who is reawakening her faith. So, I guess there's a part of me, my nature is to say the glass is half full. Let's get out of the way and see what God does rather than the glass is half empty. And why, why is this happening? How does it happen? You know, um, I, I guess that's why I'm always the half glass full guy, I guess, in that way. So that's something I'm thinking on it as we close. Right. And that's, and you know, I want to go back to kind of where we started with, with Josh, when you brought up the, the the second uh, chronicles 714 because to me this is the essence of what brings revival what brings awakening is if when god says if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves pray seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven will forgive their sin and heal their land and it's again, I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. It, it, it starts with God's people. You know, sometimes I think we get to the point where, as Josh, you kind of said it really well, it's kind of like the same thing all the time. We just do the same thing all the time. We we sometimes need to take a step back and say, do we need to repent? Do we need to humble ourselves? And and do do we need to pray? And do we need to do we have wicked ways that we need to turn from? You know, um, I think that we can sometimes get caught up in things that we don't realize have become wicked ways. Not that we're, you know, purposely going out and sinning necessarily. Maybe some people are going out purposely and sinning. But let me tell you, folks, for anybody listening to this, God will forgive any sin if you will humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. That's what repentance is. And that's what we hope people will do here. And this is why I hope that what we've talked about tonight is truly uh the beginning of a spiritual awakening I, I hope that it is one i hope that we're able to come back here a year from now and say wow we thought that was a spiritual awakening look what's going on now wouldn't that be great i, I think that'd be great so well with that i think we're getting to the point where we do need to start uh winding things up so
Josh Kugel, pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. I thank you so much for your your insights and your thoughts and and just your passion for God. And uh, Don McDonald, Pastor Mac from Danforth Reformed Church. Some I retired at this point, but still doing it every every week in and out. Well, we thank you very much for joining us today. And this is Pete Vecchi, Associate Pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. I want to thank each and every one of you who has been listening to us for joining us again for Reconciling Grace. And Lord willing, uh, we'll have you back again next time. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.